This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Best Bets for Pets. I'm your show host, Michelle Fern. Okay, this is where I wish this program was also visual. Not so you could see me, but so you could see my next guest's book. But you can go on his website. You can look at his Instagram and you will see the amazing illustrations. My next guest has a book called Dogs A Through Breed Z that he just put out. It is illustrated and written by him and it is freaking amazing. We'll take a short break and then we're going to talk to him. We'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome Brett DeWall. He has the website Pets by Brett that is on Best Bets for Pets. I got that, right? We were joking about that before. And you just wrote and illustrated Dogs A Through Breed Z. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Appreciate being on. I am so glad you're on. Your book is incredible. The pictures are amazing. I love that it's all in rhyme and just the little facts and everything. For everyone that's listening, um, if you didn't have a chance to go to the website first, the books, it's animated pictures. Well, you know what? I'm going to shut up and let you describe your book, right? Because I'm just perplexed. I love it. I really love it. It was, like I was saying earlier, it was in the gutter a young one, but I can't let it out of my hands. <laughs> so let's talk from the beginning. How did you start doing illustrations and why dogs? I started drawing, I mean, when I was like a little kid. And it was one of those things I just never grew out of. I remember my brother drew a picture and it made me laugh. And I thought, wow, I want to do that. Like the idea that you could have an idea in your brain, transfer it through your, through your hand onto a piece of paper and then have someone else laugh about it. It just cracked me up. And uh, as a kid, I remember I used to watch cartoons all the time and I would pause the frame on a v- you know, VHS. I'm dating myself. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I would have an ecstatic image and I would put a piece of paper up against the TV screen and I'd trace around it so I could learn how to draw different, you know, that's how you draw an ear. Oh, okay. And uh, I taught myself how to draw very early on. Fast forward, you know, 30 years and now I'm drawing directly onto a Wacom tablet monitor and I do all my work digitally. And it's just a funny thing that I'm still essentially tracing on top of things and drawing directly on surfaces. But I used to make my own little comic books. I became fascinated with cartoons. 
And I thought for sure I was going to get into the world of animation. And I went to college, studied uh, illustration. And then when I hit the Los Angeles circuit and tried to get into the animation studios, I was faced with constant rejection. And eventually I ended up finding out that I became a little disenchanted with the world. And I ended up staying in San Diego and worked as a graphic designer. And then I transitioned to a video guy. And then I fell back into the illustration world. So now I'm doing what I've always wanted to be doing, which is my own cartoony pictures. And um, I transitioned into doing pet portraits for people, but in a fun way, because uh, most pet portraits I was looking at uh, that you see around, they're very stoic and very serious. There are a lot of oil paintings. My stuff looks very cartoony, silly, and I would take into account dogs' personalities. For instance, you, you asked if I could do a portrait for you. Yes. Wait, let me interrupt for a sec. Okay. Sure. So d- describe this. All right. For everyone, I received Brett's book in the mail and I was just, oh my God, this is amazing. And, you know, I lost Zeus in August of 2020 and I have one portrait of him that's entirely different. It's not too stoic, but it's not, it's a portrait. It's nothing like what you do, nothing. And I thought, oh my God, I wonder if he could do this for Zeus. And I tried to look for a high-res picture of Zeus because Brett graciously said, yes, send me a high-res picture. And I thought, okay. And I just, I sang a picture. I don't even know if I, I said he's like a pretty chill dog, but he can have his moments, you know, and got the picture back. And I was blown away, like absolutely blown away. And, (laughs) you know, Zeus, people know for the most part that he's, the God that threw lightning bolts. He's not the God of rain or anything. He threw lightning bolts. And I named him that because of I got him on the eve of Hurricane Wilma back in 2005. And the picture was of Zeus <laughs> with a lightning bolt, which I thought was cool because people would probably make that association, but not likely. And also that you had how you had his eye because one eye is like, like Mr. Evil. And, you know, he was pretty chill guy, but if you bugged him too much, he would come at you. You really <laughs> had to push him for that. And you have all the hairs, his hair on his head, you know, his hairs were always sticking out and everything. It was perfect. And if all of you are interested, once the show airs, it's going to be on my Instagram. It'll be my picture on my Instagram because right now I have a like a photo of of Zeus. But yeah, you got him so well. Before we go into your book, how did you do that? How did you transition and say, okay, I'm going to make this dog like how (laughs) with your dog or just with uh, the process in general, any dog, because that will explain how you did it for Zeus as well. So in general, people would send me a high res or a few high res pics. And sometimes I ask if they have any ideas. Uh, Some people, the original thing feeling was I could inject if, if someone was a big star Wars fan, I could give their dog a lightsaber or something. But I found that most people would just want a picture of, you know, their dog with their favorite ball or something. And then every once in a while, I would I would have a fun one where uh, like uh, not that long ago, I did a bull terrier and it was named Crash. And they wanted him to be in a race car crashing into other race cars because he tended to just bounce off the walls. And then so I gave him a pretty cool picture. <laughs> and that was a big fun one. But it varies. People tell me their story, what the little personality quirks. And I try to incorporate that into the, the pictures as best I can. 
And the reason we're talking about this, and we'll talk about this a little more later, is because you also do portraits of the dogs as well um, for sale on your website. But we'll talk about that later. Let's talk about your book. Why did you decide to write Dogs A through Breed Z? The main reason was I was running into the feeling that I I was a little out of control. Like if, if people could come to me and I could get commission work, that was great. But eventually you run out of commissions. It feels like you're kind of hunting for that next job. And the commission process is also a bit on the expensive side. So I was trying to think as a customer, what's an easier way to balance this out? And I had gone to a, a festival, I had a booth and I was selling art prints. And I remember this one guy came up and he had no idea what art prints were. And when I described, he was just like, what will you do with it? And I was like, you put it up on a wall and you frame it and you look at it. And he's like, oh, neat. Right. <laughs> I went, oh, okay. And, and meanwhile, there are, people are selling shirts. They're selling all sorts of products. So I thought I need to get something I can replicate and get it down in price that the average family can check out my art. And kids' books seem to be a solid choice. And what I wasn't expecting is that when I started writing the thing, I'd be fully obsessed <laughs> with writing the best possible kids book I could make. And I completely threw everything I could into it. And uh, I loved it. So now it feels like it's, this is the, the logical step of where to go. Okay, this book, I have to tell everyone, this book, I wish I could, I wish this was visual, but on my Instagram, which is at Michelle Fern Pet, there's going to be a lot of pictures, not all of the book, because I want you to go get it. But this book is incredible. Besides that, the illustrations are amazing. It rhymes. It felt a little bit, I hate to do comparisons, but you know, as humans, we do that, like Dr. Seuss a little bit. Which mm -hmm. I think is a huge, that's, I think, a, a good comparison because he's, you know, icon. I mean, Dr. Seuss, right? I hope, yeah. you, hope you feel like that. That's what I meant. It is a high, high praise. No, I, I take that. Between Dr. Seuss and Shel Silverstein, a lot of the classics that I grew up reading myself and what I was drawn to in my head, my favorite kids' books were the ones that rhymed. And I also love Sunday comics. I loved a lot of punchlines, things that would make me chuckle and want to turn the page and keep keep you engaged and want to keep turning that page. And so, I mean, the original concept, I was just going to draw a bunch of fun dogs doing various things. And I was going to have a one, one or two sentence, little quick rhyme and just real quick. And the more I looked into every dog breed, I learned all these really cool fun facts. And I was like, I have to put all this in and uh, turn into what it turned into. It was a interesting process because I didn't completely outline the thing. It was just one thing led to the next. And eventually it just kept tightening and tightening up. There's a lot of things you see about the book. You know, it teaches alphabet for little kids, but for adults, it's just a lot of fun. And especially the facts, the little, you know, interesting facts that are with uh, several dogs. And of course, the, the pictures are amazing. How did you decide on which breeds? Because <clears throat> my only thing is that my favorite breed is not here, but <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> but you have Nikki's breed, which is Havanese, which is unusual, but, but no Border Collie. But that's okay. You have everybody else and you have all these other cool. I like all dogs. How did you decide? So the first step was I just had the structure of an A through Z. Every letter would, have, would correspond to a dog breed. And then I wrote out every letter and every dog breed in that letter. And I circled all the ones that I thought would be the most different looking. 
because I, I wanted the most variation to where if when you're flipping through the book, it's you're like, all these are the same. <laughs> they all come from the same genes. <laughs> well, the you're same, right. Dogs, you're so right. right. Because, yeah, that was smart. That was really very smart because they do all look so different. And then there's certain dogs that do look similar, like a Bichon Frise versus and a Havanese. And so, you know, so you have to kind of start going, well, that looks similar. I picked one that looked a little close to that already. And there's certain letters too that there's like 16 breeds that everybody knows. And then there's, you know, the letter U has two breeds. And so you have to do a balance of, I try to balance out a familiar dogs that people know versus completely unfamiliar. You've never heard of because they are fairly rare, but they all have really interesting backstories. And I think so long as you present it in a cool way, I think uh, I always end up thinking it's a, a really engaging book and you learn more that way rather than just doing a standard, oh, I'll just do a grab bag of poodle and bulldog and all the dogs that everybody's already heard of. Oh, yeah. But when you throw in like a, a Utenargan, people are like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I see what, what you mean, because pug is way more interesting than poodle. Sorry yeah. for poodle fans out there. And that is part. It, it was what, yeah, what would be more I. fun to draw? What would be a sillier picture and it's like i i think pugs are pretty funny looking on their own so <laughs> let's do a pug this time and then but i already have plans on making this a series and coming out with another another batch what about for cats and cats as well there there <laughs> i have about six books in my head it's just i don't have enough time to flush them all out all at once and uh i've always been a project person and when i'm done with a project i just move on to the next project this is the first time where i <laughs> really I'm concentrating on letting people know that this project exists before I move on to the next one. Cats would be good. Then you can come on Catitude, but um, oh, cats yeah. would be good. Cat people are, we love everything for our cats. So, you know, but okay, let's get back to, I don't think I've ever loved looking through a book so much. So what was your favorite breed or favorite, I guess, favorite photo? Which was your, one of your favorite to draw? Oh, that's a good question. I think my favorite ended up being the Lhasa Apsa because they originally were from ancient Buddhists used to use them as guard dogs. And I got to, I started looking at Buddhist poster imagery and tried to take my style, but apply it in that direction. And it pushed me in a way that I wouldn't normally have come up with <laughs> on my own. And so it felt somewhat challenging. I guess a lot of this felt challenging in different ways, but that one felt like one of the best things I've ever made. I, I think is I, I I think there's several pictures in in this book that represent my best work, and it's I think that one's towards the top. I could see the picture where the Buddha picture that would be challenging for sure. What I like here is. Golden Retriever. You drew a Golden Retriever, but you also drew a Golden Retriever with many tennis balls because that was like one of these did you know facts. So why yeah. did you decide to do that? <laughs> that one was actually, a, I had drawn that picture. I had sketched it before I even thought of doing a kid's book. And when it, the opportunity came in my head to do a Golden Retriever, I was like, oh, I have that old sketch. I can probably make that work. And uh I, it's funny. I ended up working. I, I finished it up and then realized that I learned about the record after the fact. And the record was six tennis balls. I had originally drawn it with five tennis balls. So I had to go back and revise the picture because I'd sent an early copy to my brother and he was very confused. He's like, well, you have five tennis balls, but the record says six. What's going on here? <laughs> Certain decisions like that, it, it made for a funny, 
image. And I ended up about midway through the book deciding to make a secondary image off to the other side of the page alongside the, the poem, mainly because I wanted to show this is what the dog really looks like. And then I could have complete freedom to do whatever on the other page, on the full page spread. And so that way you would actually be able to see the, the full body of a golden retriever rather than just focusing on the head with the tennis balls. Right. And that's so true because they love putting tennis balls in their mouths. A family oh, yeah. member has a golden retriever and they like everything in their mouth. Tennis balls, <laughs> everything. All right, we're going to take a short break and we're going to be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back. Right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Hey everyone, Michelle Byrne here. You know, being a pet parent is a huge responsibility. And since we don't talk dog or cat, we have to try our best to understand what's going on. But you know, knowing something's up with their health and not knowing why is one of the biggest challenges of being a pet parent. I remember when Zeus had vestibular old dog disease. This happens in the middle of the night or late at night. And of course, that was a huge expense going to the midnight vet clinic and all this blood work and all this other stuff. Boy, if I had Fuzzy then. Fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24-7 access to personalized pet care from veterinary professionals. From everyday questions to middle-of-the-night emergencies, Fuzzy has the answers pet parents need through live chat and virtual vet consultations available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Fuzzy can answer your pet questions, big and small, urgent and everyday. Fuzzy can also recommend the exact right products for your pet, all of which are handpicked by their established team of veterinary professionals and available at a discount exclusive to Fuzzy members. From getting your pet's diet just right to meeting their middle-of-the-night needs to finally figuring out what makes their breath smell that way, nothing is too big or too small for a fuzzy call. Right now, Fuzzy is offering our listeners a free seven-day trial membership. Go to yourfuzzy.com slash petliferadio today to sign up. That's a free seven-day trial and access to exclusive member discounts on pet meds, supplements, food, and more at yourfuzzy.com slash petliferadio. Again, yourfuzzy.com slash petliferadio for your free trial of fuzzy with access to 24-7 personalized pet care and vet-recommended products. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Brett Duval and talking about his amazing book and talents. Which of the breeds did you find when you were drawing this and researching which one? Was there any one breed that stood out that you thought, wow, I had no idea about that? Yeah, the first one really was, uh, I picked Afghan hound for to start off with. Afghan hounds, if people don't already know, they're practically greyhounds that have a big silky body of hair and their face looks like Fabio. And I just thought they were really cool looking. But when I looked into researching, I learned they were the first dog to be cloned. And it was somewhat buried when I found that. And I was like, that should be at the top of the list. That's super interesting. And that spurred on the idea of looking up more strange facts about dogs. And that changed the whole direction of the book and added a, a lot more of an educational value and adding in the fun trivia facts, it all spurred from that, that little factoid. And it was cool because it 
Then the next one I had was B for boxer. And I learned that a boxer has the world's longest tongue. It holds the record at 17 inches. That's amazing. Oh, my God. (laughs) How does that tongue go back in his mouth? I wonder. I don't know. I saw a picture of the dog. It's unreal. (laughs) It's like it just drags along the ground, apparently. I guess I keep finding new things. So you have a special fact on every picture for every dog. Practically. That was the amazing thing was finding that every breed was so different. I came from an outside perspective. My wife knows everything about dogs. I sort of, I like dogs, but I didn't know all the info. And when I started realizing that, oh, every dog breed has its own quirk and own flavor. It's not just the looks, there's more to it. And, uh, I thought all that was really interesting. And a lot of the kids' books I looked at to see, I I thought somebody had already put out something like this. And when I started looking around, you either had kids' books that were so simple and dumbed down where it would just say like, the dog is red. It's red, I said. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I didn't really get anything out of that, but okay, good to know. And then the next one would be encyclopedia style where it would give way too much information. And if I were a kid, I'd look at it and put it away. It just, maybe if I was doing a book report or something, but it's not a fun book to read. And so I was trying to bridge that gap of, I tell people, I'm trying to trick you into learning things because the main thing was just to sit back, relax and enjoy. But along the way, you'll pick up some fun things just because it, it rhymes, it's funny and, it, and a picture might stick out in your brain. And then you go, oh yeah, that, that reminds me of this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe you need part two with, with the different grades, A through Z, and really challenge yourself. Although you said some letters only had two, so that'd be kind of hard. Yeah, I've uh, I've already laid out book two. I'm, I'm okay. ready to start. <laughs> it's it's in the process, but um, I'm I am still focusing on letting people know about the first one. It's fabulous. Did you have an an age range in mind? Because you say it's a kid's book, but obviously I'm not a kid, and I find it fabulous. Is there an age range, or is it just kind of for kids, but everyone loves it? Kind of a book. I put the age range as six to ten. But from what I've gathered, I have people telling me that their four-year-old loves it. And then I have people saying that their 12-year-old loves it. And then uh, a lot of the parents themselves are telling me how much, how much not their, just their kid likes it, but that they like it because there's a lot of kids' books that I don't want to dog on other kids' books, but uh, sometimes they get a little tedious. And Exactly. I can hear that a lot through a lot of parents that it's fairly refreshing to have a book that is... Um, engaging for both kids and adults. And the way I was figuring it, I think a lot of kids book authors and other people involved in that are looking at the, the other companies, like what's, what's everybody putting out? And they're looking at other kids book, other competition. I was looking at Disney and Pixar. As a kid, I would be glued to the TV. It's like, how could I pull myself away from a TV? What would get me to be engaged in a book? That's how I'm trying to approach this thing. I, want to make, I wanted to make the artwork look like the best animated movie that's never been made. You know what I mean? It's fabulous. I think next you need hardcover. That's, yeah. There's these little steps I have to keep getting. And that's the next step is to figure out how to get this in a hardback edition and really, and then again, maybe in specialized pet stores and try to get it in some brick and mortar and just figure out how best to let people know about this. Right distributor or something, which is beyond the realms of this show, but we're going to try to get you word of mouth, get you out there. Let's talk about your website, petsbybrett.com. You have a, a few different things on your site. So can you share some of them? 
Sure. Yeah. I, I put it up. Um, it's got a bunch of prints that you can order direct and it'll ship and just random artwork and things that I thought were funny. But there's also custom pet portraits that you can request. And I do commissions from time to time. And uh, essentially, it's whatever you want the, the picture to be. I can I can make it for you. And I'm sure it's going to be growing once your book list. Now, where is your book available? Where can people purchase your book? Amazon.com. Is the, the, that's the place right now. That's the place. Okay. Soon to be, who knows? And your website for people to go to, to find, well, they can go to Amazon for the book and the website is petsbybrett.com. That's right. And you can find me on Instagram, petsbybrett on Instagram. That's, I, that's probably where I post the most. Okay. Brett, so you alluded to that you're working on book number two. Can you give us a little bit of a little bit of details on what's happening? Sure. Um, at the moment, I've outlined the book. So I have which breeds I have in mind. And uh, I've written four poems so far and sketched one sketch. So it's still pretty early on the process. But it would be a very similar vibe of some familiar, some unfamiliar. But this one, uh, expect a German Shepherd, a, uh, a poodle. And I'm, I'm afraid, I can't remember if I'm going to be able to do a border. Oh, I'm not doing border collie this time either. So you're going to be disappointed with me. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, you know, you really, my favorite breed, as you can tell from Zeus is a mutt. And you know, when I got him, he would, they called him a flat hair retriever. And I thought they made that up because I've never heard of that. And I looked it up and there is such a thing as flat hair retriever. So there's so many breeds that uh, are, maybe you should do a mutt and for mutt. I mean, <laughs> I, th- I thought about it, but. The possibilities are limitless. I feel like yeah, that would be book 20, 21 books or something, <laughs> different months. Guys, check out this book. It is just amazing. I love it. It's humorous. It even has pronunciation on how to say some of these, like a bees and hound. I bees and hound, if I said, I think I said that right. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, English Mastiff, which that I said that I know. Okay. But <laughs> I should, right? The guy's working. There's facts about the little factoids. There's amazing illustrations. And Brian, I think you hit it all the way around. This Your book is amazing. Oh, thank you. I love the glowing reviews. So I appreciate the feedback. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate you. You're so welcome. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. I'm telling you, please check out this book. The illustrations are amazing. The text is, it's just such a gorgeous book and the illustrations are unbelievable. It's called Dogs A Through Breed Z and it's written and illustrated by Brett DeWall. And check it out on Amazon and also petsbybrett.com. And I'd like to thank Brett DeWall for coming on Best Pets for Pets and telling us about the book. Thank you also for that gorgeous, fabulous, amazing picture of Zeus. It'll be up once the show's up. So can't wait to show you guys. And I'd also like to thank my uh, current crew, Nikki. He's a Havanese and he's actually in the book. Not Nikki, of course, but his breed. And uh, thanks to the cat crew that listened while I read the book out loud to them, which is Sammy and Jethro and Charlotte, Dennis and um, Molly. And of course, a huge thank you to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound amazing. And a wonderful, huge, huge thank you and a so much appreciation for my listening audience that listens to Best Bets for Pets. Thank you so much. We're going on 12 years. 
Wow. So thank you so much for listening to Best Bets for Pets. And hey, keep listening. You never know what we have coming up next. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.